This episode of Market Foolery is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com/fool. It's Thursday, August 8th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and I am joined in studio by Motley Fool analyst Jim Mueller. Jim, it is just you and me. How you feeling? Feeling good, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And so are shareholders of Mercado Libre and Jack in the Box. And we're going to talk about both those companies. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. What a world. What a world. But let's begin with the video streaming platform Roku. Shares up more than 20% today on I think what we can call, Jim, a better-than-expected quarterly loss, because this company is still losing money. Um, but revenues up 59% year-over-year, growing faster than expected. Roku now has 30.5 million active users for the quarter. That's up 39% from the same period last year. Jim Mueller, what do you make of Roku? They're doing pretty well, actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, $250 million in revenue, as you mentioned. That's ahead of their of analysts' $240 million estimate. Uh, they lost $0.08 cents per share. Uh, analysts were estimating around $0.18 cents per share loss, and so that was pretty good. And uh, their ARPU, average revenue per user, is up a whopping 27% year-over-year to over $21 per user, on average. And that's from... Uh, People buying movies and content to watch through the Roku platform. And Jim, we talk a lot about the battle for the living room, and there are all these different players depending yeah. on how you slice it. When you look at a Roku, what's their secret sauce? What what's their moat for the next one, two, five years? I think their moat for the uh, going forward is the fact that they are the largest uh, provider of uh, devices for streaming. Strategy An Analytics estimated about 41 million streaming platform devices out out in the market uh, in the U.S. Uh, right now, and that's 36 percent higher than the number two, the Sony PlayStation, and much much higher than the one I have, Google Chromecast. And the Apple, the an older version of the Apple TV, uh, so um, kind of behind the times, I guess. So they have they've got a huge installed base, right? And that's only projected to go higher. And they have uh, thousands and thousands of channels that you can uh, go through their channel store and add uh, onto your onto your devices, uh, different apps. They have also the Roku channel. They have a home screen. Uh, they have uh, better analytics on what you might want to watch next. On their Roku channel and and uh, uh, be able to serve up new ideas to you, uh, they get a fair amount of re uh, revenue from advertising through their Roku channel and the home screen. Uh, knowing their users and knowing what people like to watch allows advertisers to do better job at targeting, and so advertisers are happier. And so, yeah, uh, Apple is coming out with its new device, but it's going to be kind of a walled garden, and uh, they're only really offering stuff that uh, you have to subscribe through through that Apple. Device. So, for instance, Netflix is not on it at all. But if it were, uh, you have the Netflix. You wouldn't be able to use your Netflix account outside. You'd have to buy it inside the Apple device, uh, and that's that may or may not work out for Apple. Uh, Google Chromecast is out there. The Amazon Fire Stick, I think, is out there. Uh, but uh, those are the ones from the really big players. And as I said, I'm not sure what Apple is going to bring to the table. 
uh, because they they're really insistent on revenue sharing for those subscriptions, which is why Netflix turned them down. Uh, but Roku, just from the sheer number, they're they're way ahead of any anyone else there. And what about the stock? Because the stock has the been stock. on fire. Oh, man, and stock. when you look at the valuation, as we say, now the company's still losing money, not near as much as they were expected to lose. So that's the good news. But the valuation pretty rich. Yeah, well, for a company losing money, certainly, <laughs> <laughs> and and not generating a ton of uh, cash flow either. Uh, but one reason the stock is on fire, and as I was saying, uh, as we were talking about before we taped, uh, the stock was up 230 percent year to date before today. So that's incredible. But part of the reason is because they've been steadily beating estimates, uh, both top and bottom line, at least for the last six quarters. Um, but on the other hand, they've only made a profit three of the seven quarters. Uh, they've been public, and they're not. They're uh, kind of. Uh, not generating very much cash flow since they went public in September 17, for instance, uh, 2017, for instance, they've only managed to generate about 34 million dollars in operating cash flow, 25 of million of which was just this quarter alone, and so they've been kind of burning money. They uh, raised some more cash through a secondary offering recently, uh, but I'd like to see them uh, become cash flow positive on a consistent basis, and uh, then hopefully net income positive on a consistent basis, and then it'd be easier to value them. Well, we will keep an eye on it. A good day um, for Mercado Libre and Mercado Libre shareholders. The Latin America e-commerce giant um, up 11% on better than expected earnings. Now, Jim, their marketplace business is growing, as is the payments business. Yep, and as is their uh, mobile point of sale business, which is what Square started off with, with those little dongles you could plug into your iPhone or Android phone. Um, so. It's common to call Mercado Libre the eBay or Amazon of, of Latin America, but with its payment business, it's it's like PayPal that way. And I just said it's like Square with its uh, mobile payment uh, point of sale business, and all three of them are growing like crazy. This this company is insane in its growth. I mean, 63% net revenue growth, 100% if you take out the effect of currency fluctuations, 100% net revenue growth on on year over year. That's crazy. Gross profit margins are about 50%, which is up from a year ago, a little under 48%. Unfortunately, this quarter, operating expenses were 52% of revenues, so they showed an operating loss. Uh, but operating expenses were went in the right direction, down from uh, last year, where it was 56% of revenue. So um, the company has been very profitable in the past. Uh, they've uh, really, uh, really grown in the last uh, year or two, which is, uh, which was, I believe, what has caused them to really pull back on the profitability. But they're they're pumping out the cash that that they can reinvest in the business, and I have nothing but admiration for what they're doing and love the company, and I'm glad I own shares today. I do not own shares. Dang it. Okay, Jim, before we get to our next story, I want to say thanks to NetSuite. Now, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem that growing businesses have, the thing that keeps them from knowing their numbers, is this hodgepodge of business systems. It's just a mess. You've got one system for accounting, you've got another one for sales, another for inventory. It's so inefficient, it takes up too much time, and it sucks up way too many resources. And that is where NetSuite by Oracle comes in. It's the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control 
you need to grow. Simplicity is a beautiful thing. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance and accounting, orders, and HR instantly right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash fool. That's netsuite.com slash fool to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash fool. And Jim, let's close with a restaurant near and dear to my heart, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box just flat out getting it done, shares up more than 13% on earnings at the time of our taping here. Same store sales up 2.7%. They also increased four-year guidance. What do you think? I think they're uh, managing a turnaround pretty well. Uh, the revenue was up 18%, $222 million, just ahead of estimates of $220. Dollar uh, seven in adjusted earnings per share, uh, ahead of a dollar, uh, one dollar even on the estimates. Uh, as you said, two point seven, two point eight percent, depending on which which number you're looking at. Uh, comps growth, uh, and that was mostly on uh, almost exclusively on ticket growth, which means people are buying more when they're when they're visiting because traffic was right around flat, uh, not as uh, not much growth in in the uh, uh, people coming into the store. Uh, but that, if, if you want to compare other uh, uh, quick service restaurants, McDonald's, for instance, they, they reported six and a half percent sales, same store sales growth, and Chipotle, when they reported recently, a massive ten percent. So, ah. Jack in the Box has a way to go before they start uh, uh, knocking on the doors of those big guys. There. Did you do Jack in the Box as a kid? Did you eat any Jack yeah, in the I Box? Yeah, I did. Um, I love Jack in the Box. The tacos were just to die for. <laughs> Uh, I, I liked their burgers. I wasn't enamored with their wide, widely uh, ranging menu and the rapidity uh, with uh, the quickness with which they turned over the menu items oh, yeah. and, and trying different things. They tried everything. Yeah, they tried a lot. And uh, and like Chipotle, they've had their own issues with food safety way back uh, way back when. Uh, but. Uh, I like I like what I saw in the report. Restaurant level margins are getting a bit tighter. Unfortunately, that's uh, primarily due to things like wages going up. But they're hardly the only ones seeing that in this industry. Both Chipotle and McDonald's have also called this out as a as a, a source of concern. Uh, and inflation and uh, is basically heating up a little bit in the restaurant industry. Food prices are going up, commodity costs going up. Uh, they can pass some of that along with higher menu prices, and all of them have done so, I believe. But uh, with Jack in the Box, you mentioned they raised guidance, and yeah, they went from zero percent to one percent range for the year. Now they're saying one percent or better on comps on same stores sales, and that's part of why I think the stock is up today. Okay, Jim. Well, you mentioned food safety. As I was preparing for the show, I googled Jack in the Box, expecting to see the earnings story at the very top. Yep. And it was not. Instead, was this headline, and I want to bring Dan Boyd in for this as well. The headline: Jack in the Box worker caught prepping food while barefoot. Ooh. Okay, this is from Texas. So we have a customer in Texas picking his food up at a Jack in the Box drive-through. He notices that the employee working the drive-through window was barefoot. So the customer takes a picture, calls the corporate office, and complains. So here's my question. Jack in the box aside, if you pull up to a drive-through window, 
and you notice that the person handing you your food is barefoot, do you still eat the food? Take your time. I, I'd be really hesitant uh, because... A management, a store management team that lets that happen might not be watching other things like are they washing their hands, are they touching their faces and their hair, and then not washing their hands to go back to uh, before they start handling food. Uh, do they go straight from the cash register to food prep? Because cash is really dirty stuff to to handle. Okay, so and, you're really you're really yeah, thinking this through. Because my yeah, first thought I, I, was I, like they're not using their feet to prepare the food. Well, well that's true, but I, I I think it's it's possibly indicative of a bigger problem. Okay, Dan Boyd. If I was going to a nice restaurant, <laughs> maybe I'd care. But like you're going to Jack in the Box. You're not going. You you got to know what you're getting into. If okay. they're barefoot, like. Like who cares? It's Jack in the Box. So like, you're eating the food. I'm I'm eating the food, and I'm certainly not calling corporate to tattletale <laughs> on somebody who's barefoot. No, listen, I don't. I I think I think like there's like only a few areas where like barefoot is acceptable, like the pool, the beach, somebody's home, or I don't know, like front yard, like hanging out or something. Yeah. Like I don't think barefoot is acceptable at work, but I'm not gonna. I'm not about to call corporate about it. And if you don't want to eat there, like just don't eat there. Okay. You know what I mean? But you're, but you're saying if you're going to eat there, then you have to accept the fact that it's jack in the box. Like it's terrible <laughs> for you. It's like, oh, oh, there's going to be germs on my congealed grease. Oh, that's just terrible. Okay. I, I'm I am conflicted because to Jim's point, it makes me wonder what else could be going on. On the other hand, I love me some jack in the box. And if the food smells good, I mean, if the food smells like feet, then forget it. I'm not eating it. <laughs> if I had if I had already made the decision to eat at Jack in the Box, somebody having bare feet would not stop me from continuing to fulfill that decision. Okay, so you're going to eat the food, Jim. It sounds like you probably are not going to probably eat the food. not. But I really do have to wonder about that particular employee. I mean, who wants to go around barefoot in a in a uh, fast food restaurant kitchen? And I mean, I've worked in fast food in the kitchen, and the floors are not clean. No, that's true. I mean, during the day, there's like hot grease. There's, there's grease. Around. There's yeah, all like, kinds of uh, potential problems with, as you say, hot grease or a dropped knife or something. I mean, that employee is just really dumb. I, I agree with that. I also think that if the food smells good, I'm still probably going to power through it. Dan, I think I'm with you. So, you'd be, so, you, so you're a fan of Cinnabon, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll take Jim's food. So you're, you're a fan of Cinnabon, <laughs> yeah, right? With the, with the... Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so the desert island question here. Jim, you're on a desert island. And you've got to own one of these stocks for the next five years. What are you going with? Roku, Mercado Libre, or Jack in the Box? I don't even have to think about it. Mercado Libre. No hesitation. No hesitation. The stock's had an incredible run. I mean, can it keep it up? Oh, yeah. There's there's a, a lot that it can do. South, uh, Latin America is a very large area, and there's a lot of people living there. And they can keep on growing for a long time down there. Okay, well, there you have it. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. You can always email the show at marketfoolery at fool.com with your questions, with your comments. You can let us know whether you would eat the food if you're at a fast food drive through and the worker is barefooted. It's not an easy question, or maybe it is. I'm not sure. Marketfoolery at fool.com. Jim Mueller, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mike. 
That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you.